Hello everybody, I hope each of you is doing great. I am Salsalina Larasati, known by the name Salsa or Laras, and I am going to be your host in talking about PTSD, or Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. Based on the name Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, the word traumatic indicates that this is a mental health issue that occurs whenever an individual is triggered by a traumatic event that that person has ever been exposed to. Did you guys know that 70% of adults encountered a traumatic occurrence and 20% of people who went through a terrifying event will eventually develop PTSD? You guys may be wondering why does this happen or how? And I am here to give you the answer. The answer is because the condensed amygdala, a group of cells located close to the brain space and is one of the parts in the brain's limbic system. The amygdala is the place where fearful memories are stored and it controls a person's emotions. Hence, the amygdala will capture a dreadful event and freak out as it controls yourself, such as making you reminisce about it, panicking over the event, and eventually cry over it. The fact that the amygdala stores traumatic memories leads to the fact that 1 out of 13 people experience PTSD in their lives. By this, I would like to recount you the history of PTSD. In World War I, many soldiers agonized by walking through a path where explosions, loss, and murder occurred. Soldiers often cried, shivered, and felt fearful whenever those perturbing memories crossed their minds. This reaction was called shell shock. The name shell shock was given and observed by a British psychologist named Charles Samuel Myers in 1915. However, in 1980, the name shell shock was no longer used since the first appearance of PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder, which showed up in the third edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders or DSM-3, which was publicized by the American Psychiatric Association. Well, that's a brief history of PTSD, and it all started in World War I, so that is why folks keeping peace in the whole white world is very crucial. As I said before, PTSD is a disorder that has a relationship with traumatic events. Hence, PTSD takes place right after a traumatic event. Your nervous system is frozen due to the amygdala that memorizes the events and eventually become a traumatic stress disorder. Here, there are two types of PTSD symptoms. The first type is the emotional symptoms which include flashbacks, numbness, intense emotions, anxiety, and panic attacks. On the other hand, physical symptoms include insomnia, fatigue, increased or decreased blood pressure, sweating, and difficulty in food intake. By this, I persuade each of you to be present for someone with PTSD or the symptoms of it. Yet, don't pressure them into opening up with you. It takes time for them to open up to someone. As they open up, listen to their stories carefully and hug them or empower them to keep moving forward no matter what. Do not see them as a nuisance or a person exaggerating a certain condition. Those painful events lead the, to their emotions in daily life. Instead, please make them feel valuable because it's very life-changing for them. Right after a person encounters symptoms or the disorder itself, they will also meet stages of PTSD. The first one is emergency stage. 
This phase happens immediately after a traumatic event. These signs are high anxiety, acute stress after experiencing it. This response includes an adrenaline rush, since it is a fight-or-flight response and it occurs in stressful situations. The second one is denial or numbing stage. The denial or numbing stage has a response of attempting to protect an individual self after experiencing a traumatic event. The person with this stage will give their best to evade mental health triggers by contradicting with their emotions. Fighting against their emotions is one of the hardest things, but it is one of the ways to avoid high levels of trust due to the traumatic incidents. This phase requires treatment from professional people for people who are grappling with their emotions. People who are grappling with their emotions in the denial or numbing stage tend to feel numb or they let their emotions take control of them. And that is why visiting a professional is very important if you are in this stage or you know someone with this stage. The third one is intrusive stage. In the third stage of PTSD, people with the disorder will start to encounter nightmares or flashbacks to the traumatic occasions. People in the intrusive stage will let PTSD take over their lives regardless. This stage is destructive to anyone with it. Hence, people are prone to have a life change. They let their circumstances affect people around them, or people who care about them the most, or even themselves. The fourth stage of PTSD is the transition stage. This is a stage where acceptance and transformation can be found. It does not indicate that people in this stage are recovered, yet they are slowly trying to recuperate. People who are on the fourth stage of PTSD are embarking on a life with accepting the fact that that they have agonized. However, they keep moving forward to achieve their final goals, which is celebrating the championship against PTSD. The last stage, integration stage. The last stage, which is in the integration stage, is the stage when patients of PTSD succeed in their treatment or they have won against PTSD. They are starting to cope with PTSD even though the symptoms occasionally relapse. Even so, they implement new skills to keep going on with life after surviving PTSD, to carry on with life with evading stressful situations that lead to panic attacks. They will use the specialized skills where they have developed during or after treatment. You guys may be figuring out how do you recover from PTSD, or how do you heal it, or how do you ease the pain of PTSD? By that, I am going to, to give you guys the answer. The first answer is Cognitive Behaviour Therapy. This therapy is a weekly therapy session within three months. Every week, a PTSD patient will have a session with the therapist for 60 until 90 minutes. Although this type of therapy indicated a success rate in a range between 50% until 75%, however, the derival function hasn't been clear yet. This session will be conducted by talking to the therapist about what occurred and why does that person blame themselves for their PTSD. 
The therapist will ask specific questions regarding the event and ask the patient to write every single point of the event until it's completely precise. Hereby, the patient and the therapist will conclude new skills to cope with the disorder and implement the skills to carry on with life. Another therapy related to SBT, it's similar actually, is called Stress Inoculation Training or SIT, which is a therapy that focuses on how to bear with the incidents. It is done individually or by a group. This therapy helps define new skills to cope with a traumatic event and helps the patient to stay relieved even though their thoughts are on the occasion. After three months, the patient usually finds improvement and lessens the pressure after experiencing a distressing eventuality. There's another method named PE, not physical education, okay? But it is prolonged exposure therapy. This therapy is a session with 8 until 15 meetings. The therapist will instruct methods of breathing to make the patient calmer whenever they come across characteristics of their traumatic events. The therapist will also persuade the patient to enumerate whatever that makes them traumatized and how to avoid them and solute the problem whenever the patient encounters it. The patient itself must listen to the audio of every session to simplify these symptoms. It has been proved that joining PE washed these symptoms away. As evidence, 53% of people who commenced PE had their symptoms E. Well, that is a very great change. neurotransmitters isn't working well. The adrenaline rushes rapidly and gives the person a wake-up alarm of an event. What medication do we need if a person with PTSD gets onto the stage? The answer is medicinal drugs or antidepressant drugs since the neurotransmitters that are affected are serotonin and norepinephrine. Before I talk about drugs, I would love to talk about the functions of these two neurotransmitters. The first one is serotonin, a neurotransmitter that controls happiness, emotional stability, and comfortability. If a person is sad, panicking, and has any vivid reactions to emotional instability, it means their serotonin is at a low level. Serotonin doesn't merely provide hormones for cheery reactions, no no no. It is also a chemical that assists the sleeping routine. If a person is emotionally unstable, their sleeping patterns are usually wrecked. Therefore, serotonin is also a neurotransmitter that helps to avoid insomnia. Now let's talk about norepinephrine. I know norepinephrine sounds hard to pronounce, but there's an easier term, which is noradrenaline. Noradrenaline helps a person's brain to keep their attention and focus on their staging, maintaining emotions and storing memories. It is found in the adrenal gland and produced to increase blood for the heart and blood pressure. Besides, noradrenaline helps rising blood sugar levels, and thus, fat is crashed and the energy is boosted. However, when it comes to emotions, the norepinephrine can attack a person or elevate a person. If the norepinephrine becomes a euphoria, it gives a feeling of acceleration. Yet, if the norepinephrine or noradrenaline increases but given that a person has high blood pressure, this can lead to sorrowful feelings. 
Even so, if your no adrenaline or no pine frine is at its lowest level, eat chocolate to add the extent of it. Chocolate contains dopamine, dopamine actually, that helps you to stay motivated or joyful. Nevertheless, remember do not eat too much chocolate or else you'll be in sugarish. <laughs> Time to rattle on the drugs. Drugs that are needed in this case are Prozac, Paxil, Soloft, and Effexor. Four of those family members help you in combating depression and anxiety. However, Jesus. Drugs that are needed to cure depression and anxiety are Prozac, Paxil, Soloft, and Effexor. What makes it different is, Prozac is one of the options in curing the obsessive-compulsive disorder, which is a disorder with an obsession with a certain thing but leads to anguish. Paxil aids PMDD or premenstrual dysphoric disorder. This is a condition when girls or women with menstrual cycle faces the reality of having severe cramps, emotional wreck, and they become very feeble due to their menstruation. The third one is Prozac, focuses on reducing anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder. Well, Paxil succors female with PMDD. There's a drug that has three functions of those, which is the third drug. Named Zoloft. Zoloft handles PMDD, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, and PTSD symptoms. Last but not the least is Effexa or Venlafaxin. Oh, that sounds kind of French. Okay, Effexa modifies in treating social anxiety. Effexa also ameliorates the consumer's disposition and vitality. Yes. Yes and yes, that is the very end of my lecture regarding medications, but it is not the end. We are in the last section of this educational audio. If it's educational to you, but it's educational to me. Okay, back to the topic. Before I close this session, I would like to spread awareness about PTSD. You see, PTSD isn't a trivial disorder, it's not at all. It is a significant mental health issue. I was bullied every day in primary. People used to hate me because of my appearance. Well, I had obesity back then, I was a wee chubby kid and I was just very fat. They would pick up on me, make fun of me, give me indecent names. Like the fat girl or the ugly one or the one who's the loner. And they do a lot of actions of emotional abuse. Even my own best friend ditched me because I was the one left out. The one and only. Despite that, I moved to a much better school, which is the school that I am in now. The school where I found friends who understood my past. Friends who can relate to what I feel. And friends who engage a relationship with me for who I am, regardless of my imperfections. I am not asking you to be sorry for my past, not at all. But I want each of you to know how much an inconsequential occurrence to you can affect someone else in a tremendously negative way, especially when what you did leads to traumas and can make a person reveal symptoms of PTSD or even the disorder itself. To people with PTSD out there, I may not know all of you, 
but I know that you are a strong person and you are never alone. One day, I am certain that you will find the puzzle that you've been missing. You will find the people who grasp your condition. Notice that this situation may affect you inferiorly, but try to see the sunshine and the rainbows. If you look at the bright side, it strengthens your mentality. Please continue with life. You still have a story to tell. You still have people that put hope in you, and your presence still matters to everyone who loves you. You'll never know what they have been through until you met them and indirectly eased their pain. Life has a beautiful path for you. That is why you must always remain moving forward. The traumatic moment that you've been through does not define who you are. You are more than a terrifying event. Remember that always fill your soul with sunbeams because the pain will fade away and pleasing days are there to welcome you. Have hope and faith. Do not forget to bring someone to the peak as you recover because helping someone with PTSD or anything will never be a wrong option and you are spreading awareness of PTSD. Thank you for listening to my podcast about PTSD. I wish that this podcast opened your eyes and changed you in a very good way which is thinking before acting or speaking and to help someone who's in pain. So helping someone who's in pain is very, very, very important. One of your priorities, actually. Plus, good luck with people who are dealing with occasions that make you traumatized because I am secure that the ocean will wash your pain. Have a gladsome day. Stay safe.